Blog Talk Radio. basically the uh, price range and the general area that it was from. 
but that was it. And then we tasted them and, uh, and gave our notes on and decided whether it was gold, silver, uh, bronze. And uh, just a side note, the best in show was the San Superi Dollar Hide Cabernet, which is a phenomenal bottle of wine. Uh, it's extremely consistent all the way through from the entry uh, to the finish, and I highly suggest if you get a chance and you get out there that you should try this wine. Go to your local retailer, ask them about it. Uh, if you happen to be lucky enough that it's in a restaurant on a menu, that's something that you do want to, uh, you definitely want to try. Uh, speaking of menus and restaurants, I recently created the wine list for Dolphin Cove Resorts in the Grand Bahamas. So if you have a chance and you're out in the Bahamas, uh, you're in Freeport. It's actually uh, near all uh, the restaurants and everything else, about a, a mile away. It's uh, by a marina. It's a beautiful uh, resort. And uh, you can see the wines that I've selected uh, run the spectrum from every uh, style, uh, Appalachian, region, uh, varietal, everything. So I just wanted to give you a heads up of the things that I've been doing while I have not been on the radio. Okay, so let's get to um, my guest for the evening and give you the lowdown on that. Um, she and her husband, Eric, are an incredible team. Uh, they have an amazing winemaker. They make great wines out of California uh, for years now. They have many accolades to their wines. The name of this vineyard is Roca Family Vineyards. My guest is Vintner Mary Roca, and she should be on right now shortly. Let me just get her on here and see. You there, Mary? I am here. Fantastic. Can you hear me? I sure can. Can you hear us? I hear you loud and clear. I am so Thank glad. You. I don't know what happened with all my time zones, but I'm here. <laughs> you know what can happen? You travel around a bit, you know, and then you, one day you turn around and you're like, okay, where am I and what time is it? Well, I was so, in I was in uh, Kauai on Sunday and then Napa and now here, so I'm on my third time zone. Wow, rub it in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was doing I, some work, I, don't worry. I, well, I do want to tell you, first and foremost, that I thank you for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it, um, as will my, my listeners globally. And, um, you know, I wanted to do just to let you know how this, this goes with my radio show. Um, I have questions for you that I will ask in no particular order. I have questions that have been emailed to me from literally around the globe for you. Uh, and I have some tweeted questions from some people you may or may not know. I think you do. Um, from what so question, I won't ask them in any particular order, but I wanted to just let you know how this goes. Uh, unfortunately, tonight the chat room is not functioning. It's not working the way I like it. Uh, and typically what happens with that is that we have a chat room that I open up live, and people can ask questions from that as well. So my apologies that it's 
uh, technical difficulties, but uh, everything else is working. <laughs> uh, so, so we'll move forward. So maybe if you would, just for my listeners, if you just tell them a little bit about Roker Family Vineyards and give them a little bit of a, a taste, so to speak, uh, as to what they are about. I would love to do that. So Roca Family Vineyards, we are a very small, what some people might call a boutique winery. We're located in Napa Valley. Um, we started in 1999. Um, I was a dentist before that, and um, but my husband and I had always loved um, not just wine, but the idea of growing things from the earth, uh, producing something wonderful. And that's what took us into the wine industry. Um, so that's how we got started. We are really small. We make, you know, just a little over 2,000 cases. And it's all, at this point in time, it's all estate-grown fruit, so it's all estate wines. Um, and we may venture into a white wine, which would not be estate. has not been done quite yet. That's interesting because James Melendez, James the wine guy, Mm-hmm. actually asked one of his questions, will you be getting involved with a white wine? When will one be available, or is that something that you'll be considering? Well, we are, we're actually hoping to make one um, this year. We are searching for some really great fruit. Um, until now, our, our philosophy has been um, that we would rather – so we don't have a bricks-and-mortar winery. We have two vineyards, so we control the grape, the farming of the fruit. Um, and then we lease space in a larger winery. Winery. We have our own winemaker. We buy all of our own barrels. You know, we do everything. As, um, and, and, and it doesn't affect us that we're leasing the space because actually, if anything, it's just going to keep our costs down a little bit as we're this small. But... Um, We've finally decided that it might be nice if we can find really, really great fruit, then we'll make a white wine, even though it would not be an estate wine. So, so yes, we're hoping to this year. Have you decided on a varietal, or will that be something forthcoming? We are pretty sure that it will be a Chardonnay. I'm not 100%. You know, until you have something sealed you know, and delivered, you don't know for sure, but we're, we're at this point, sure. we're looking at Chardonnay. So I'm going to jump into some emails that you'd be very interested in knowing that, uh, where they're coming from. So the first is from, I'm going to, hopefully I'm going to pronounce this correct if my Greek is good. I think it's J. Amagrithos, 69, of Athens, Greece. I hope I didn't butcher your name. Um, it says, Mary, I had tried your red wine at a restaurant on a recent trip to visit family in Valencia, California. It was fantastic. Which do you believe is the best wow. vintage uh, for your reds you've produced? And then it says, I'm, I believe this is thank you. Faristo, which means, yeah, which means thank you. That's what he wrote in the email. So first and foremost, thank you, uh, J. Amagritos, 69. And Mary, take it away. Well, first of all, I'm just honored that somebody all the way around the world is bothering to to, to say hello and, and thank you to me and, and my team. That's just, I, I really feel honored, and that's so wonderful that you, you had our wine and you remembered it. Um, so thank you so much. Um, you know, 
people ask me what's my favorite vintage and what's my favorite varietal and wine. And usually what I say is whichever wine is in my glass is my favorite of the moment. Um, Yeah, you know. It, they 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 all um, they go in and out of. I, I like to think that our wines are always pretty delicious right from the time we we release them. Um, they're 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 usually very approachable, even though they're pretty big and complex. They're they're pretty approachable. Um, some vintages more time um, gives them a chance to 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 come into their own. And right. I'll tell you a story of uh, our 2006 vintage. I didn't even release it, and I'm just getting ready to release it soon. Um, one of our 2006 vintages. Our, our 2006 was the first vintage of our Colinetta Vineyard, which was our second vineyard. It's a little hill. It was the, the first vintage that I kept the fruit from, and the 2005 was the first year we actually produced fruit from it, and I sold all of the fruit. Um, but in 2006, we made Cabernet from the Colinetta Vineyard, and it was as a year where the berries were really small and really intensely concentrated, and the wine was really big. And I wasn't used to that um, from our – we hadn't had a year quite like that. And with the Colinetta, that kind of a, a year, it, it makes it even more intense than the Grigsby Vineyard, which is in Yachtville. And right. I uh, – I just said, oh, it's not ready. I can't release this. I just can't release it. And then I, I, truth be told, I just sort of put it in the warehouse and I sort of forgot about it. And then I, I pulled some out recently and I said, oh, my gosh, this is amazingly awesome now. And now I love it. But at first, One. I didn't even think I liked it. So, um, you know, there's, I know that's a big roundabout way of answering a question and, and different vintages at different moments, you might like one vintage over another. But if you give them time, you may switch and decide you like a different one than you originally did. So I've, I've, I've appreciated all of the different vintages for different reasons at different times. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take another question here, email. This one is from Kate Vanderbluth from West Cape Town, South Africa, and it says, Hi, Stu. I wanted to ask Mary how she feels women's roles as winemakers and vintners has changed and or progressed over the past few decades. Great show, Stu. Cheers. Okay. Thank you, Kate Vanderbluth, I believe, from West Cape Town, South Africa. I, I'm, 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 the connection, I, I'm having a little bit of a hard time hearing you really clearly, Stu, but I, tell me if okay. I heard the, the question right was that she was saying, asking how the role of winemakers and vintners has changed through the years? Is that for what she women. said? Women. Yes, women. I'm sorry. Oh, well, yes. yeah. Um, that's definitely, um, you know, I, I, I guess I've always been in careers where um, women have been the minority. When I was a dentist, when I first became a dentist, I was one of very few. And then by the time I got out of dentistry, there were a lot more. And now there are a whole lot. And the same thing has happened with both vintners and with winemakers. Um, there, there were definitely women in the business when I got into it back in 1999, leading the way way before me, before I ever got into it. Um, but there are so many more now, especially 
women winemakers. There are, it's, I think, um, they're highly respected and they're just more and more all the time. And, and they're, a lot of them are really, really good. And I, I, I don't really know if this is true, but I have this feeling that um, percentage-wise, maybe they they make up a greater proportion of the great winemakers and guys out there. I'm really sorry, don't don't beat me up for saying that. <laughs> I, I could be completely wrong on that, but um, I just know an awful lot of really great women winemakers. And you know, one thing I think, if if I happen to be anywhere near correct, the my reasoning would be that um, on average, generally speaking, which you can't really generalize too much, but that women um, don't want to uh, force things into being something they're not. Um, and my right. winemaker, by the way, now is a guy, and he doesn't do that either. Um, but uh, a good winemaker works with the grapes and, and doesn't try and turn them into something they're not, just some idealized version of what a certain wine is supposed to be. They let the wine express itself. So men can do that and women can do that. That is good. I'm going to go back to some of my questions here. So here's what I want to know. So why do you think wine is so popular with our culture? With our culture? Yes. Um, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> especially because I do know that craft beers are coming along, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But wine has definitely been gained um, in popularity um, over the last number of years. And I think it's because there are wines for every palate and there are wines at every price point. And if somebody is into value, it's kind of like food. You know, at a given price point, you're going to be really happy with a certain thing. It may not be the very best that that thing can be, but that if you pay a certain amount and you get that certain great value for that amount, you're going to be happy. And you can find that in wines at every different price point. You can find something that you go, well, for this much money, I'm really happy. And and you can right. always find new things to explore with it. It's not a dead end road. You you'll never have tried all of them. You'll never have experienced every you know. Well, there may be a few sommeliers out there that have tried every varietal from every country, but um, 99.9% of us will never ever do that. Um, I am always trying new varietals and new wines and new, you know, brands and new from different countries. And it's it's fun to explore. If if you like exploring, it's fun to explore. On the other hand, if you're like my husband who likes to find something that he likes and not be surprised, you can do that with a wine too and find certain certain brands and varietals that you know you can count on. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's the beauty of wine, you know. You, you know, I always say my, my thing is, you know, you can, you know, there's so many varietals and there's so many wines out there that you can go your whole life and never taste the same two wines twice. You know, and it's that journey from the first wine that you tried and you were impressed by to the most recent one that you had in your hand that makes it all worthwhile. So, yes, uh, I think I think that that's very accurate in, in your, your assessment. Um, 
And then so what, there's one the more thing? thing. If you think about it, there's the vintage comes into play every single year. It's a different vintage. Correct. And we have no control. We have no idea what it's going to be and what it will do to how those grapes end up expressing themselves. So, so what do you think are the, are the characteristics of a, a really great Cabernet? Like, what do you when you when you're obviously we, we just mentioned that Mother Nature basically controls most of it. It's the finessing of the of the winemaker and the vintner and and so on. But um, what do you, what do you think? typically of a really good Cabernet, what should it have and maybe what shouldn't it have? You know, I your am personal, not. Mary. My personal take. Um, so I'm not going to give you like a real flavor profile. Um, and this actually for me um, probably goes across a number of varietals, but um, mm-hmm. I want it to be, have complexity. So there are different layers of flavor. Um, I want it to be nice right from the beginning. You know, the first, as it gets comes in, well, first of all, before you even taste it, that you can look at it and appreciate the color. Cabernet, to me, should be dark. That's right. That's part, you know, wine, you involve all of your senses. And so it should be dark. You know, you're looking at it in the glass and swirling it around. It's got some beautiful color to it. And then... You, you know, put your nose to it and you can smell things lofting up and it just, you know, pulls, sucks you in. And then, then when you taste it, you know, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's, it's got complexity to it. You know, Cabernet should right. have all sorts of different flavor, flavors and layers of flavor and a nice big long finish, and it should have a nice backbone to it. There should be a lot there. Um, but not, you know, nuts from the tannins, but you don't want harsh and bitter tannins. Um, right. And I personally, I, I think of sort of temperatures, not like, a, not like hot on the tongue, but, but like a warm, like um, caressing sort of a feeling, something that just, it's got this warmth to it and, and definitely not the alcohol warmth and not, obviously not a temperature thing, but just something that makes you feel warm and cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, these are all definitely not how a sommelier or a winemaker would describe a Cabernet. I am not one of them. Um, <laughs> no, but, that's okay. But, that's, I, that's what I like about it. Yeah. So it's, it's, just, it's not a simple wine. It's, you know, to me, it's the most complex wines there is, that there's just a lot of there, there. You know, you get satisfied. I personally like more than one glass of Cabernet, but, you know, a lot of people, one glass of Cabernet is enough to be very satisfied. Yeah. You know, it really comes down to, you know, uh, everything. I've, I've I, you know, I've, we've talk, I've talked with many, many vintners, many, many winemakers, uh, people in all different walks of it. And, you know, wine is, is, is such that, it all depends on your mood. It depends on the person you're with, the company that you have, the food that you're eating, uh, the, the weather outside. I mean, there's so many different things that add into that experience that, you know, you can try that wine once and say, you know, this is phenomenal wine. But then sometime you try it again and everything else is different. <laughs> the, the stars are not aligned and, you know, the moon is not where and, – and then it just doesn't taste the same. And you think to yourself, why is that? But, if you think back, it's everything else that was happening at that 
time when you're experiencing wine. So, um, I agree I, with I you completely on all of that. Yeah. Um, so what has been your greatest success to date, let's say, in this journey you've been going through with the wine industry and local family vineyards and so on? What is, what's been the best success, the greatest thing that you said, you know, this is this was an amazing moment for us? Yeah, okay, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I have I have I guess a couple of answers to that. You know, okay. on on the one hand, I feel like um, really our biggest success has been that just from the very get go, from our first vintage, our first release in 1999, our wines have garnered great respect um, out of from both consumers and from reviewers. Um, and I wasn't even ready for it when we got our first, our, our first, you know, I hadn't even started distributing my wine when I was called up by the Wine Spectator and they wanted to interview us and take pictures and they did a one-page article on us. And I had no, in, no distribution set up. So that was a great honor and a really wonderful thing, but it was like, oh, dear, I'm not ready for this. But um, so I think one of the things I feel really great about is that our wines have every year, you know, more or less all of our wines have had great reviews and, more importantly, great acceptance by the people who enjoy them, by the people who buy them. So that's, you know, I, I think that's in a way the biggest thing. Having said that, there are a couple special moments that stand out. Um, mm mm-hmm. And one of those is there's this organization called the Vintners Club. They're based in San Francisco, but they have um, members world from around the world. And they, they do these blind tastings often every month. And one of the tastings I do each year is called the Best of the Best Cabernets. And mm-hmm. after their president tasted my Cabernet at a wine tasting, they requested to have it included in 12 of the best of the best cabs for that year in the blind tasting. And I knew nothing about it and I went to it and I was just, once I got there and I saw how it worked and everything was truthfully totally blind and there are 75 people who know what they're doing and are experienced tasters, you know, trying all the wines. I was just thrilled when we were when they started calling them off calling off the wines and we weren't number twelve, you know. <laughs> and so then we got into the top half and we came in number two right behind Schaefer Hillside Select, which was, you know, for my first it was my first Roca Cabernet. My two thousand and one was my first Roca Cabernet and, and that was the wine that was in that. And I was elated to come in number two, right behind Schaefer. And then the next year was even a bigger deal. Um, we had our Cabernet and their Rising Stars, and it came in number one. And then they decided to take 12 different Cabernets to France and to this fancy chateau, and they had the, all of the who's who from the French wine industry there to show off 12 of California's best Cabernets. And... I thought, well, we'll see how our wine does there with a different palette, which is totally different than the American palette. And it came in sure. number one there. And since those were 12 different wines than they'd done in California, members said, okay, bring them back to California and let us see what we think. And they brought them back, mm-hmm. and it came in number one again. 
So our O2 Cabernet, which I essentially have nothing left of, unfortunately, was, you know, (laughs) I mean, I think I have three cases total in my wine cellar at home. Um, Right. It was just, it was just this wonderful feeling of, oh my gosh, we've, we really have, have a home run here, you know? Um, And so that was, that was just totally, totally amazing. But, you know, it it often has just the little things when people send you an email and say, they've had your wine and they really enjoyed it or they serve it at their wedding. Those are like right. huge pump me up, feel good things. So we were down, believe it or not, into this show. And here's what I was going to tell you. I, you know, every show is unique. I don't ask the same questions of every vintner. Um, so, but this is what I do ask. I'm sorry. I missed, I'm, Okay, so can you hear me better now? Now I hear you. Yes. Okay, if you could, if you could share a glass of wine, your wine, with anyone alive or past, uh, who would it be and why? That's the one question I ask every guest. Every other question is unique. Wow. <laughs> oh, now you're making me emotional. Um, I would have it with my. Grandpa. Okay. Who, um, he came over from Italy. He's my grandpa Roca, you know, mm-hmm. who that's my name and was his name. And um, I only met him once, and he made wine in his basement in New Hampshire. And I have a series of photos of him that I'm going to be putting up on my wall in our tasting room. And it shows him holding a bottle of wine, taking the cork out, pouring the wine, smelling the wine, and tasting it, and then looking so satisfied. And uh, I would love to have a glass of wine with my grandpa. Well, there you go. We're going to end on that note right there. That's a wonderful note to end on. I want to thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, You make fantastic wine. So I want to let everybody know that if they're interested in, in uh, checking out your wine and, and getting it, uh, they can go to your website and they can find it locally and where I assume that they can, they can also order it from you as well, correct? They can order it from us as well. And if they order in the next, like, I don't know, couple of days and put down stew, then um, I'll, I'll do something special. I'll think of something really nice to do. How's that? <laughs> that <laughs> sounds wonderful. Here. So, so www.rocawines.com is the website. Uh, I urge right. you to go and listen, to go there and check out the wines and check out and, li- and, and look at the team and the history and the story behind everything. Uh, and I can say, of course, from personal experience, the wines are just really, really wonderfully crafted. Um, I want to thank Mary for coming on. Uh, you're, you're just a great, very uh, gracious uh, guest of mine, and uh, I definitely look to have you on again. Uh, and uh, much success to you and, and your vineyard and your wines. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what white comes out. That will be interesting down the road. Uh, we did hear it here. So when it actually comes out, it will be kind of interesting to look back on prior to that. Uh, and, um, and if there's any other things that you wanted, if there's any other, uh, um,
causes that you wanted to let everybody know about that, that are, are important to you, you can let us know uh, that we should know about. Um, any other any causes or any uh, charities that you're, you're interested in letting everybody know about as well? Um, my husband and I have a, a small family um, foundation called Health Roots, and we've done some work in Malawi. And um, we're, we took a little break while we, we both went back to school and got an MBA, but we're looking forward to getting that going again in this next year. Um, so if people have something, we are always happy to, you know, like make a donation of a bottle of wine to a silent auction. So if any of your listeners have something that's special and dear to their heart, again, they need to say stew and you know, the one guy in their request, because I get so many requests for donations, but if we can help out sure, in some way for something great, we're always happy to do that. Wonderful. And we would love Thank to see you. your listeners come visit us. We'd love to have them come see us in Napa Valley. I'm urging them to do so. <laughs> so okay. And, 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 I, I, and hopefully they, they will mention uh, that they heard about it. I'm sure they will, because most of them who have traveled, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard the stories, gotten the emails, and heard back from the vineyards. So thank you again for everything, Mary. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely talk soon, and I'll have you back on again, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about more about Roca Family Vineyards. Uh, thank you for everything. And uh, that's the show for the evening. So. Thank you so um, much. Good night. Thanks, again, Mary. Again, the show for tonight. So some show notes. Uh, thanks for the great feedback from Twitter, Facebook, social media for my wine articles and, of course, the radio show. Keep reading Simply the Best magazine on newsstands and find bookstores for more of my wine articles and reviews. I've also done some interviews for Rye TV in Italy, the Midlife Road Trip Show, and Key West kitchen links are posted on my website i'm working on a few new tv projects uh and extremely interesting music related wine projects that uh as the information becomes available i'll keep you posted i'm answering your request for in-home wine tastings here in south florida and of course corporate events that you want me to host uh, wine tastings for i'm setting up my schedule to host them as time permits keep your requests coming that's the show for tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened in, called in, emailed questions. I want to especially thank my guest, Mary Roca, for coming on tonight. If you have any questions about the show, you can email them to stewthewineguru at me.com. You can go to my website as well, www.stewthewineguru.com, and click the link for all of my wine articles, videos, and to listen to archived wine talk shows, you can also go to iTunes. As I always say, it's time to pour the wine. It's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine.